0: Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good afternoon. Uh, it, it has been really our privilege to be with you here today, Mian Roshin, and and uh, thank you for having us. Thank you, Simon. So uh, before I'm going to share with you something about um, the work of God in Iran and um, uh, about Torch Ministry and Word of God, I would like to share with you a brief background of myself, who I was before I uh, became Christian. I was born in Iran, Esfahan, as Russian mentioned, in Muslim Shia family. You know, Iranian are Shia, and they are different than Sunni. And I was born in a very traditional uh, Muslim family, and I grew up in a Shia traditional environment. So and uh, as a baby, I nearly lost my life at car accidents, but uh, God saved me miraculously. Years later, when I heard about that, it made me to seek who God is. And I began my research about God, who he is in Islam. I don't remember. I love God. I still love God. (laughs) I love God, and I kept all Sharia law in Islam. And when I was 14 years old, uh, I became a very fanatic Muslim. And even I turned to Sufism. Sufism is a mystic version of Islam. Because I love God and I was trying to know him and uh, draw near to God and find him. I was very passionate about Allah and Islam. And I thought uh, Christianity and other religions are fake and not trustworthy. But the only Islam is the latest perfect religion for the human being. When I was uh, about 19 years old, I received gospel in Farsi. But I had to struggle to read that book because I believe I was thinking that uh, Quran is the uh, word of God and is holy. But Bible is distorted, and Bible is not holy, and it comes mostly from human sources. But anyway, my uh, story is a long story. I'll try to do the best as short version. But eventually, one day, I opened uh, the Gospel and beginning to read. In the first pages that I, while I was reading the Gospel, Jesus spoke to my heart and changed my mind to see differently. I was quite fanatic. I was close, you know. And in the first pages, I do remember I began to read from John Gospel. And uh, again, I start from Matthew. Anyway, for the first pages, I uh, I feel that someone is talking to me from that word, and it was Jesus, and he changed my mind to see it differently. So I prayed to Jesus for the first time in my life, and I said, I do believe, I believe in you as a prophet, major prophet in Islam. But Christians and uh, the gospel claiming you are son of God, you are a savior, and I cannot understand that, but if so, show me the truth and save and change my life. So Jesus uh, answered my prayer. And uh, all of a sudden, when I finished my prayer, I found out I am a new person with new heart, with new mind. And a deep understanding about how, who God It was a long story, basically. But uh, I was transformed to a new person. As I said, new heart and new mind. To see God differently. Right from the start of my Christian faith journey, when I was 19 years old, I strongly, uh, I felt strongly that God is calling me to serve him and preach and teach his gospel. And It was about a year after my conversion, when I was 20 years old, uh, God spoke to me through a clear vision at night. In that vision, I saw that I held a flaming, big flaming torch in my hand. And I was uh, running through the large groups of people who seems to be in uh, darkness and distress. And while I was running through those groups, the torch in my hand was bringing uh, restoration and hope to those people. And at the same time, while I was running, at the same time, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, I am, send me. And interestingly, on that time, I didn't read Isaiah chapter 6-8, and I didn't know which verse, from where it comes from. Later on, I found out, oh, this is from Old Testament. Anyway, this is my story, and I'm here to testify that our Lord Jesus is a risen Lord and Savior. And he's able to uh, change people. You know, and there are many, many stories like me in the Middle East, in the Muslim world, that Jesus is visiting people through dreams, vision, through reading Bible, through satellite TV, and transforming them, and he's using them for his kingdom. Those people that many times we think that are unreachable for God are so fanatic like me, but God is able to do that. Nothing is impossible for him. So, our ministry, as Roshin, uh mentioned quickly, in Farsi we call Mash'al Ministry. Mash'al means uh, flaming torch. <laughs> and was founded based on that vision God gave me years ago, 26 years ago, for salvation, restoration, and mobilization. And also it's uh, based on leaving a legacy of flaming torch passed on to my wife, Russian by her father, Reverend Hossein Sudman, to carry on this mission for the kingdom of God. Our vision is briefly to see Persian speakers be transformed, discipled, trained, and serving the kingdom of God. And our mission is a and equipping, trained, persecuted churches, church leaders, and discipleship makers through satellite TV, media, online, in-person conferences, seminars, meetings, and also Christian counseling for women and couples. You can find out if you want on our website later. I'm going to share with you uh, uh, read some passages from the Word of God. If you have Bible with you, open your Bible. I want to read from John 15:20. And also at the same time John sixteen one to four. John fifteen twenty and John sixteen one to four. In John fifteen twenty Jesus said to his disciples, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecuted you. And also in John sixteen two, 4 says, Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father and known me. But I have said these things to you, that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you, I told them to you. Our Lord Jesus reminds us that there will be always oppositions and persecutions for those who uh, want to follow Jesus and be his disciples. And since from the beginning, the earlier church faced persecution, faced opposition. In fact, after Stephen was stoned, the church was, was scattered. As, as many left, uh, with, we, we could see in Act chapter 8. let read for you. Chapter 8, 1 says, At the time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judah, Samaria, except the apostles. The theme of persecution is constant threat through whole New Testament and through whole church of history. Through whole and is unavoidable. First Peter says 4, 12 to, 4 12 to 16. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery order. This is Taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shot for joy when his glory is revealed. If any of you suffers as a Christian, any kind, do not consider it a disgrace but glorify God because you bear this name. Our brothers and sisters around the world, they bear this name and they face persecution. They can just deny, say, okay, we don't know Jesus. And they can have a good life, you know, a peaceful life. But they are saying, we bear his name on us and we are ready to pay the price. Our brother and sister around the world, you know, in Afghanistan, in Iran, many, many places. The persecution report says more than 44 million Christians have been killed for their faith since the crucifixion of Jesus. It's been estimated that more Christians have been Martyrdom in 20th and 21st century than in all the previous centuries. There have been more than 26 million documented cases of martyrdom in this century alone, 21st century. More than 200 million Christians in over the 60 nations face persecution each day And 60% of these are children around the world. It's quite depressing when we read, read this news about persecution. As I said, in Pakistan, in Arab world, Afghanistan at the moment, Central Asia, Iran, China, North Korea, Nigeria, they are facing persecution and oppositions because they want to be Christian. They want to be Jesus' disciple. Persecution is on the rise because of the communism, Islam, extremism, Hinduism, and because of the Antichrist spirit that is prevalent throughout the world. But praise God for here in the West. We have freedom. We have freedom to be Christian. We have freedom to be Jesus' disciple. But if you want to be Christian and be Jesus' disciple in those places, you have to pay the price, sometimes heavy price. And usually I encourage uh, people, don't lose your freedom here. Don't lose your Christian voice here. You have a voice as a Christian. Many people in many places, they are wishing to just get together in such a building and worship together. We meet many people through our conferences in, in the region of Iran. They, when they come out and join the conference for the first time, they, they are they are uh, they experience joy because they say we are christian for years and we don't we don't know what the sense of fellowship because we are alone we are alone by ourselves what means fellowship praise god for freedom that we have here very quick, very quickly i would like to share with you the link between blessings and oppositions. Where we are talking about persecution, often uh, we think, what is persecution? Persecution is related to blessings and opposition. Blessings and opposition. When God is working amazingly, saving people, brings spiritual revival and giving blessing and develop his kingdom, then the opposition and persecution arise against what God is doing among his people. Opposition, blessing. Blessing, opposition. Let me show you some picture. William Miller went to Iran 86 years ago as a Christian missionary and years later wrote that book. It says 10 Muslims meet Christ. 10 Muslims meet Christ. And it was a big achieve- achievement for him. 50 years later, another missionary went to Iran and wrote another book called 10 Ten thousand Muslim meet Christ. Fifty years later, and this is picture of today. Hundred thousand of Iranian from Shia Muslim background meet Christ. I, I am one of them. 100,000. The estimate is one to three million converts (laughs) come in to Christ. This is a blessing. This is some sort of revival. But on the other hand, oppositions, oppositions, persecution. You know, we will see this picture, this picture took uh, took place in, not in Iran, in some country in the region, I cannot mention that. Uh, so these believers came out from Iran for the baptism service, you know, and took place a few years ago. Uh, so we see front of this picture, this side of picture, but behind that picture, this is blessing for kingdom of God. All of them are coming from. Muslim Shia background. But behind that picture, the price has been paid. Like Russian's father, like other Christian martyrs in Iran, they paid the price for years, stood on Christian faith, preached the gospel, Despite persecution, opposition and we could see now, today, blessings and oppositions, blessings and oppositions. The Iranian regimes, unfortunately, they are not recognised these people. They are not recognised because they convert from Shia and they are facing severe systematic persecution and discrimination. The churches have been closed down, and the use of Persian, Farsi language is banned. No one can preach in gospel in Farsi. It's banned. State harassment, monitoring of Christians, and persecution converts as a national security threat. They face systematic discrimination including employment, education, access to the justice, and so on. They give life sentence for being involved in ministry, 5, 10, 15 years, and killing and executing people. Uh, I'm going to show you a picture. This person, Nasir Goltape. You could pray for him. In your, uh, You can write his name and pray for him. He is in prison right now. He is about 60 years old with very critical health condition. The Islamic judge in Tehran charged him with acting against national security national security through the formation and establishment of an illegal church organization in his home. Do you know what he has done? He invites some people for Bible study in his home. He asks some people to join regularly as a small Bible study, just read Bible together. And unfortunately, the judge gave him 10 years sentence, 10 years. And he is in sentence, I mean, he's in prison since 2017. And I have heard about him that uh, on the day that he had a uh, hearing court, the Islamic judge offered him to do tariyah. I'm explaining what means tariyah. Tagiyah in Shia Islam, which means that when you are in the, in the dangerous situation you could say lie, you could say Islamic lie, you know you could deny and rescue your life from that dangerous situation and then you can go and follow whatever you want but on that point you can say lie. An Islamic judge offered him to do taghiya and he said to him, Before I'm going to give you this sentence, 10 years, just do, just lie. Just deny. You are not Christian and you're free to go. You're free to go. Go and do whatever you want, but not anymore have any Bible study in your home. Just go. If you want to be Christian, be. But you say now, I'm not Christian and deny Jesus. Like, Russian's father. He had a decision to deny and close down the church. And they offer, on that time, they offer houses and money. So he chose Christ. And he chose Christ as well. He said, never, I never deny and refuse my Lord and Savior. And I'm ready, I'm happy to suffer for him. And unfortunately, that judge. Gave him 10 years sentence. So. Blessing. Opposition. Whenever God bless. Something. Some nation. And develop his kingdom. There is opposition rise. You know. The church of Iran is suffering church. But it's growing church. Despite of. Persecution. It's growing. And we have. Great privilege to serve these people. I would like to just finish with uh, these uh, four lessons we can learn from persecution. Four lessons. The first one is persecution is part of Christian life, as I said, and is unavoidable. Philippians chapter one twenty nine says, "For it has for it has been granted to you." that for, for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. If you want to be this Jesus' disciple, if you want to be glorify your God, you will face persecution. You will face opposition. Billy Graham says salvation is free, but discipleship costs everything we have. The second lesson we can uh, learn from persecution. Persecution will end one day. Will be ended. Persecution and martyrdom will continue until Christ returns. He reigns. He will come back. And suffering and persecution will be ended. The book of Revelation points out This is a final victory when Jesus defeats Satan and evils forever. And persecution will be end on that day. Persecution can be used by God for church sanctification and revival. When you study the church history, you could see that how God used opposition and persecution to sanctify, to, to wake Christian up. Many times in the history, Christian fell in sleep or in sin or I don't know, compromised with, uh, with the world, you know. But God used opposition and persecution to wake them up. Persecution makes Christian to be alert in growing in prayer and intercession. And we have seen in Acts chapter 7 and 8. God uses persecution to spread gospel around the world. They were sitting in Jerusalem. They had a Holy Spirit. Everything was fine. But when persecution comes, God uses it to send them out. God is able to use opposition and persecution to uh, helping to the church to grow as you see this picture. Despite persecution and opposition, they are happy to follow Christ. And this is blessing. The final lesson that we can learn from persecution: persecution reminds us of our responsibility and privilege to support those who suffer. First Corinthians. Chapter twelve twenty six says, "If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all re- all rejoice together. We are linked together. We are part of the international church. You know, but often people question how we can uh, support persecuted church." There are many ways. The first is prayer and intercession for them. Prayer and intercession is so important. So important. God use your prayer to change the situation. I have, We have heard many stories that people were under pressure, under persecution, and they all of a sudden... They find joy and hope and say, "Uh, we don't know, we are under pressure, but we are happy. Because we know that someone is reminding us, someone is praying for us. You know, when you talk to the persecution, I mean, churches, you will hear many, many stories like that. Your prayer here, you can send support to them and god use your prayer to change their situation and rescue them save them protect them stand the second one stand for the social justice advocacy and be voice of voiceless if you can be a voice of a voiceless Telling others about them and raise people awareness. Write down some of the name when you heard, when you read the uh, persecution news. Write down, for instance, please pray for this man, Nasser. No, Write down this name and pray for him. Put their picture somewhere in your Bible and every day, when you have a devotion remember them in your prayer. Lord be with them, protect them. Save them. This is really really powerful and we have seen the power of prayer and intercession for persecuted. Send an encouragement messages to them. There is some agencies that provide that you can send a letter, Christmas card to them that we are thinking of you, we are praying for you, and they will send, they will send to them and they receive it. And it is big, big encouragement to them that someone in Northern Ireland are thinking of me. Praying for me. Wow. It's big encouragement, no? And the final is support them financially. I'm finishing with this verse from John 16, 33. This verse gives hope in the midst of opposition and persecution. Our Lord Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Just take heart. He reigns. He overcome the world. I'm asking you just if you could pray for uh, persecuted people, especially for Nasser. And I have some uh, power uh, prayer points hopefully. Yes. I'm thankful if your congregation can pray this point, and God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.